0: Hello and welcome to another Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and we're back this week chatting to one of not only my favourite composers but one of my favourite people that I love talking to, Mr Phil Eisler. For those of you that don't know Phil, we've spoken to him uh, five times. This will actually be the sixth time I've interviewed Phil. He's the composer behind shows such as Revenge, Unreal, Dietland. He did the recent Netflix series What If? He also did all the music for Empire as well. He's a film and TV composer. His movies have included things such as the Chips film, working with Dax Shepard, To The Bone, which was the brilliant Marty Knoxon's directorial debut. He's worked multiple times with Melissa McCarthy and her husband Ben Falcone on the movie Life of the Party and their upcoming film Super Intelligence they're doing another one as well he's also quite active with his support uh, against uh, gun violence in the US uh, particularly the school gun violence he's done music for a couple of documentaries for that uh, one of them being Newtown which is a heartbreaking and brilliant documentary and uh, more recently one called Us Kids as well uh, which was to do with the Parkland Kids and um, you know just the the whole issue in general. He started off his career playing guitar for Robbie Williams and has actually written a, a number of songs for Robbie. Uh, one of those is quite recently, so we do discuss a little bit about that. We talk about his new TV and film work, so there's a bunch of new projects he's working on. He is one of the hardest working people in Hollywood right now. He had time to fit in a symphony which he wrote for Sarah Chan, who's an incredible violinist, and uh, we talk a bit about his inspiration behind writing that. Uh, We also joke a little bit about his uh, friend and fellow composer Nathan Barr because uh, him and Nate we've had on the show probably the most amount of times out of any composer. Uh, Phil is still ahead, right? Right now, But they did work together on a project called Silent Movies Live, which was at Nate's studio. Uh, Nate, if you've not heard his interviews, he rescued this big Wurlitzer organ from Fox and he built like an entire studio around it. So we talk a little bit about, we be joking about that. Just a little language warning in this, you know, quite often I will take all the swearing out of these podcasts, but... It sort of ruins the flow a bit for this. So uh, there are some F-bombs in here, just so you're aware if you're listening with young kids and don't want to hear the language. There are a few F-bombs in here, entirely appropriate to the points that he uses it, but just wanted to make you aware of that just in case you've got small children around you, you don't want to hear the language. As I said, this is the sixth time we'll be speaking to Phil. He's lovely, he's brilliant. I actually did this interview in person. I went to his studio in LA to sit down and chat with him. Um, I should also mention... I was in the middle of getting over a cold at the time. Uh, I had a very sore throat. So uh, if I sound a bit croaky, that's why. It was a lovely, lovely conversation. Every time we've tried to set this up previously, we've kind of missed each other and I've been there and he hasn't or, you know, well, he's just been too busy. Or So um, it's lovely to finally manage to sit down and chat with him. Uh, here is the interview with Phil Eisler. <laughs>
1: That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: Well, it's nice to actually be able to sit and talk to you in person. Right. Yeah, we're usually
3: on on the, the, uh, the business end of a Skype call somewhere. Yes, usually.
2: I'm somewhere in the UK. Although, as I walked into the lot, it started raining. I think they knew two English people were meeting. <laughs> yeah, it
3: started raining outside. <laughs> You're fucking your LA, LA weather jokes. Huh? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, 20, 2017 was the last time we actually spoke. It's been a while. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Blimey.
3: I'll tell you what, I lose all perspective of time. I
2: know, uh, yeah. Stuck in your little bunker. That's what it is. Um. so yeah it was I think you just into To The Bone um, right
3: just gone to Sundance actually
2: yeah um, yeah yeah probably and uh,
3: well, history uh, just, repeating itself fact,
2: you, you literally you just had the, uh, your second kid my god so
3: well she's
2: I, I can see yes, three and a half just, yeah exactly so yeah, wow. so yeah you just had another kid and you just done chips I think most chips was thing right, we mainly talked right. about so. crazy so um yes how have you been since then been
3: busy yeah. yeah been good though um yeah raising the kids mm. um but yeah i've been, been super busy god i don't know do you want me to t- if i was to take you through all the projects i've done since i would take yeah. us yeah. off half yeah. a day
2: but um. <laughs> um some of the big things i mean empire you, sure finally coming to a it it is
3: yeah after over half a
2: decade yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah, so it's crazy. it's crazy. Still be working on that. Um, super
3: intelligence. Yeah, it. yeah, that was really fun, actually. Um, mm. And I think what I heard today as it happened was that it's whenever this HBO Max... Is it HBO Max now? that They have so many yes. channels. I forget which one HBO, HBO it actually, Max. HBO Craig Max. HBO. Whenever that's coming out, yeah. whenever that launches, which I, th- I thought... Spring, it had, I think. In, in the spring. I, I thought think. it had already launched. I was, you know, no. maybe, maybe I missed the whole thing. Anyway, so supposedly that's... Now going to be their their lead one of their lead movies that they're oh, opening, right. okay, cool. opening up with, um, and that was, I, I heard that um, that was that was Ben's decision that he wanted to you know he wanted to try this new platform and thought more people might see it and all of that yeah it it's makes smart, sense you know because it all seems to be going that way. That said, you know it was a movie we definitely made for the big screen and, and um, you know it was a big score. It was a huge orchestra and a choir and a, and you know all done here in LA and yeah it was it was fun mm. um and i'm due to do another one with them actually oh cool um called thunder force which is a which is a superhero movie oh, <laughs> um and it's it's um yeah it's really good i don't know how much about it i'm allowed to say i know they they there's been stuff in the I press about it but it's it's it, yeah. melissa and um octavia spencer mm. um uh, and, uh, yeah, that's another, another big undertaking, that one. Yeah. Because um, it's a superhero movie, so, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, so fun. Yeah, so there's there's okay. been that. And then what else? That's
2: like the that'll be the third thing you've done with Melissa, yeah. Probably,
3: it? So. Yeah, I, I just you know, honestly, Ben and Melissa are some of the loveliest people I, I've experience. been told that I've. Uh, they are just I've, super uh, cool. Yeah. Ben's easygoing, but knows what he wants. He's just he's just an absolute joy to work with. Like they both are. They're great. Um, so yeah, so I never say no to a gig with them. They're they're always really fun. Yeah, um, I spoke to
2: the production designer on Nobody's, I think it was, which was the show they exact produced, mm-hmm. and they were like, he was like, this is great because they bought in like their own furniture from that <laughs> house to use because they thought it was appropriate, you know?
3: Right, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're fun, and this is a this is a logistically a big film because the whole superhero bit and we're recording in london so it's oh nice it's a bit of time at abbey road or 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 we i forget if we're at abbey road or here this time but um you know it's just just fun man just loads of fun
2: yeah so i mean are you with, with that being a sort of comedy superhero movie do you know where you're going with the sound with that yet
3: Again, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, and it's you know, it's I haven't even seen the film yet, so right, yeah. you know, and it's and it's it's a little ways away, yeah. But okay. um, uh, you know, I have a few ideas from reading the script, but I, I sort of most of my most of my movies, even if see because movies these days it's very rare that you get a locked movie and you're just on. I I've yeah. I haven't done one like that since. I don't know how long ago and and those were indie movies anyway. Um I don't think I've ever been on a studio movie that's actually been locked until it was until it was in the theater pretty much. Right yeah. yeah. Um so you know my involvement usually starts with either reading a script or having a conversation with the director about what they want their film to be because that's almost a better it it gives me a better idea. Than just reading the script, reading the script is fine, and you know, you want to know what the actual story is. But I could imagine one movie, and he could be imagining entirely a different mm. film, so it's it sort of makes more sense for me to have a conversation with them about where they see their movie going, yeah. and then you know, I'll start coming up with some ideas and stuff.
2: Cool, a couple of other things you've done since we last spoke. you were mm-hmm. with Robbie again. Was that that long ago? Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it may, mm. obviously. When it well, was released, we didn't
3: exactly work together. It's, it's funny because we haven't seen each other in person since before we had kids. Really? We, yeah, we, we talk, you know, every now and again, email each other and stuff. But um, I think the one you're referring to is a song called My Fuck You To You. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a song I wrote when I was like 25. Really? Or younger even, maybe like 23, 24. And um, Rob always loved it. And so I think, and then again, like 10 years ago, I think we recorded a version. I think maybe we might have rewritten some lyrics to suit him more because it was a very personal song to me, I think. And it was a song about bullying, basically. Mm. Um, And uh, yeah, I I seem to remember we rewrote some lyrics. And then that was like 10 years ago. And And it was actually, God, longer than that because... Because before I did my... It was around about the time I did my first proper film, I think. Right, yeah. Um, Humboldt County. So I think that was around 12 years ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and, yeah, we didn't speak about it much since I think. I think since then he'd done one or maybe two of my other songs mm. on, on albums and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just out of the blue, he, he emailed me. He was like, I really want to put this on. He had this album out coming uh, coming out called uh, under the radar right yeah just a bunch of like unreleased things and b-sides and all of that stuff and it's like i want to put it on there i was like great and then sort of out of nowhere someone sent me. he he shot a video for it yeah um which was you know was the highest compliment really you know and i love rob to bits he's, he's uh you know someone you spend that much time on the road with yeah. is like family basically yeah, so even though we haven't seen each other it's he's sort of one of those one of those people. If I saw him, and we'd sort of pick up right where we left off, yeah. basically. No,
2: I know. That. I know the sort exactly the sort of friend you mean. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good bloke.
2: Yeah, no, he always seems like a really same guy. So. It's
3: actually really nice to see him. Um, at, you know, we have major as kids, but see how he's just all about his kids. Yeah, because that's where my life is now. Yeah, and it's. It's really lovely to see that. You know. I
2: think everybody's quite, quite happy to see sort of there and settled and, you know, right. things going right. where they should be, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's, yeah, that was that. Um... What else, what else? you tell me what I've been working on because so, I not um,
2: remember well there's the, the other thing I mean you just on uh, We Are All, All Town when we last spoke oh yeah ended up, I mean that's something which has come back again and again yes then. I mean you've you've just done another one haven't you uh, as kids you notes, mm-hmm. yeah Notes for Dunblane and then right as kids so I mean I know so you see
3: a theme thing. developing yeah, here I
2: know this is a big thing for you and, it as it should be because sure. I mean it's
3: ridiculous I mean. it should be a big thing for everybody it but, should be
2: yeah, yeah. um so um is it's just
3: dealing with the same, pe- this the same it's people it's it's not dealing with the same people it's it's dealing with and it's a very different movie to newtown um it's dealing with ultimately the kids uh not only the kids from the parkland shooting but the but the survivors of the parkland shooting who then went on if you remember a sort of a nationwide buster yeah trip. yeah and they really were very instrumental in flipping the house Mm. uh, towards the democrat side yes and uh it wasn't just the kids from parkland they i think started it the march for our lives movement but it became kids who were you know from inner city gang neighborhoods from you know shootings all over the country or you know it was like a coalition of kids who were just coming of age voting-wise.
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
3: And, uh, you know, they did incredible stuff. So it's actually, I mean, obviously it's heartbreaking, um, and it's sad, but the, but it was also incredibly hopeful. Yes. And then, you know, I just met all those kids at Sundance, and the sense of, wow, we're going to fucking go and do something is palpable. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. And... Um, you know, it gives me a lot of hope, even kind of vaguely gives me some hope for this election, although, you know, no. I wouldn't get my hopes up too much. Yeah, but yeah. but it's you know, there's a lot of kids there that weren't of voting age no. when Trump came in and now are. Mm. And I think I think they're not alone. You know, no. Um what happens? There remains to be seen. But I, I, I do re- really believe in those kids. Not just sort of when they get old enough to vote, which most of them are now, but also when they get old enough to run for office. Because mm. I believe a them, number yeah, of them some will, of
2: them really and I think number
3: a of number of them successfully. Yeah, they're in, an incredibly. Compelling bunch, mm. and they're like a little band. You know, they've been on the road together, and it's it's yeah. it's pretty incredible. But they're very different movies. You know, Newtown was sort of deliberately not a political movie. It was a, a study in grief. Yes, I a mean, really tough thing to watch, but I think really important, incredibly important. Yes, um, and the importance of activism sort of is outlined in that film too. I, I actually since the the film, and that time we went to Sundance too. Um, and since then I've actually become quite good friends with Mark Barden and he because Mark Barden um, is also a musician so we sort of you know we got to know each other a little bit and so, which was actually great because the reason I got into the film in the first place, I didn't realize they were even making a film. I was looking for a way to become active in that yeah. space. And so I called my friend who happened to be producing the movie. And then through Mark, I've been able to sort of stay in touch with that mm. movement a little bit better. Because Mark's, you know, Mark's, uh, Mark and Nicole's sort of whole um, life is activism yeah. now. And, and there, or, you know, the, a large chunk of it. And they do incredible things that, you know, keep people safe and people don't really even know about, don't get a lot of publicity. And, and so it's great and, and harding to see all that stuff happening behind the scenes. It doesn't really make the news. It's not, you know, it's not sparkly or sexy. It's just, you know, it's like everyday work. And it makes you realize what politics in this country actually is. And it's very little to do with what you're seeing on the debate yeah. stage or in the presidential election. Yeah yeah but it was you know those and I also um, you know it was just an interesting musically it was just an interesting um, so um, what are you doing musically for, for something like that it's a very electronic score. It's very unlike Newtown. I actually co-composed the film with Brian Reitzel. And uh, Brian's great, and, and he's very unlike me, and I'm very unlike him. So it was really, um, you know, it's weird to use the word fun on a movie like this, but it was fun yeah. for us to collaborate because um, we've got such different approaches, such different collections of instruments, such different, you know, sensibilities and palettes and stuff. And it was it was really, really awesome working with him, actually. Mm-hmm. Super talented bloke. And, and, um, pro- I mean, like I'm into synths but he's a proper synth head and, and has some great old vintage gear lying around his place we mostly did it over at his it was really um, it was really interesting doing it and another breakneck project we did the, whole, the yeah. whole movie in like two weeks it was that's crazy it was bananas yeah didn't sleep
2: wow so yeah so um, in terms of, of other stuff you did uh, I think you did the Titan as well mm-hmm. you done that um, so that was your first foray into kind of full-blown sci-fi wasn't
3: it yeah it was and I, and I loved it but again you know for me everything is about the story and, mm-hmm. and it just happened to be a really great script and you know one of the producers uh, is a good friend of mine and also co-wrote the script right incredibly talented writer a guy called Arash rash amal really really amazing writer and um had done a couple of passes through the script i think and he he kind of uh got me involved with it and it yeah it was really fun to do because that was you know that was getting to use all my synth powers but also and then do orchestra at abbey road and you know it was, it was yeah it's a really great fun to work on really great fun to work on and that's that we got that album out and that's a score i'm really proud of it's it was really uh that, that one felt felt like you know properly mine
2: so i mean um in terms of stuff you're doing at the moment i know um there's biohackers i know you do that how did
3: you even know about that know, because
2: you posted it on your instagram oh did oh, i I?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was like there's yeah there's a bunch of projects that nobody knows about that yeah. i've completed or uh, upcoming there's a couple that i'm not allowed to talk about with the various NDA yeah, things yes. but uh, you know about thunder force um uh, yeah, Biohackers is, is bloody brilliant. It's a German language sci-fi show. Again. Yeah. It actually, sci-fi, I don't know if you'd call it sci-fi. It's um it's well, a thriller. It's yeah. it's definitely sort of a thriller, not quite action, but sort of thrill, it's it's somewhat defies genre. It's it's um without wanting to again, like I don't know how much I should be talking about this. It's certainly, you know, been announced in the press, but yes, um, I don't want to go into the story too much, but it's um there is certainly a science fiction element to it but there's also a big science science yeah. element to it I think the writer who again is somebody I've become very good friends with um, Christian Ditter who directed It Be Single which I did um, I don't know what was it four years ago or something I think it was about four years ago Um, And I got the feeling both of us were feeling slightly, you know, sort of getting railroaded into doing comedy after comedy. Right, yeah. Um, And uh, so you went, right, I'm off to do this thing in Germany, you know, with Netflix you know, do you fancy coming along? And I was like, of, of,
2: course. of course, yes.
3: Um, and then he showed me the, the first three episodes. I was just like, oh man, I'm I'm in, all the way in. Um, so really, it was a really cool thing to work on. First of all, I learned a bit of German, which was nice. That's always, awesome. um, yes. And it's all it was all nicely subtitled for me and everything. <laughs> Um, but it was really cool because it was the first time in a while I'd decided to do an almost entirely synth score. Right. I guess it wasn't completely. I think I played a few, you know, more human instruments on it. But um, what I got into a lot, which was really fun, was uh, was using analog tape. Oh, okay. As a as a sort of means of sampling, um, right. which is a very old school, I'd like yeah, John yeah. Cage idea, you know, and um, so I, you know, I got into doing all these tape loops, and then um, heard about um, an old, not old album, but you know, album from like twenty odd years ago called the uh, the the um, what was it called? The the dist- I think it's called the Destruction Loops, right. Um, uh, by uh, William Basinski. Do you know about that project? No. Okay. So the the rough <clears throat> everybody. There's a whole ambient sort of music underworld that if you know if you go on Instagram you can find all these amazing artists like Heimbach and Amulets and all these guys that I found incredibly inspiring with the techniques that they use to make ambient music. Right. Oh, yeah. And so I I heard about this this guy Basinski. They they're all obsessed with Basinski. Basinski basically who's an ambient artist is I believe around an ambient artist in New York, super minimalist and he uh, at some point he was transferring a bunch of his old music from tape to digital right and somehow didn't realize that the tape that the tape loops hadn't been stored correctly and all the oxide right. was starting to fall off the tape mm-hmm. so as the tape loops were going around and around and around and recording the tape started to disintegrate literally on the tape machine the oxide right. started to peel off and yeah, just yeah. fall on the floor And as it went on, the music just got destroyed. But he's recording all of this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had this incredible sound of this very simple musical loop just starting to disintegrate. And I heard it and was like, "Oh, oh my God! What, a, what an incredible sound! It sounded like a memory. It sounded like um, right." Yeah. But, the, but the, the, I mean, the other notable thing, and I think the reason that project became very famous, the, the reason he's so well known for it, is because he lived in Brooklyn, right opposite the World Trade Center, and he literally finished doing it the night before the planes hit the Twin towers. And I think oh, it was originally released as a tribute to the victims of nine yeah, eleven. Yeah, yeah. So. So anyway, so I heard about that. And then I, I started thinking about, well, I wonder how I could recreate that sound. And so I bought loads of old tape machines, old Nagras and things that they used to use for movie sound. And yeah. and then, you know, cheap shitty ones that you, you'd have seen in somebody's living room in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And, you know, quarter inch, half inch, um uh, cassettes, you know. I've, I had four track machines that I haven't seen since I was a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah, in school. Yeah, um, yeah. I've found there's, there's a, again, there's a whole like a netherworld of people on Insta- on Instagram that make shit like this. Right. This is an Orned Magnetique which is basically an old, very speed Walkman. <gasps> and this thing, which this guy made, I, f- you know, I should give him the credit. I forget what his name is or the name of the company is, but the, the instrument's called the Orned Magnetique like the Orned right. Um and uh, these buttons basically all control the speed of whatever loop you have playing on that cassette. So you can play a melody, you can tune it, and you can literally right. play a melody off this cassette. That's crazy. And then I found um, that this guy, Heimbach, who's this incredible ambient artist in Germany, had, had decided to do the Basinski thing as well and was running you know 40 feet of tape around a room over razors and barbed wire and and um sandpaper and all kinds of shit i was like oh i'm so doing that (laughs) so so i did a lot of that for biohackers i did i would i would write my sketches and write my music and a lot of it would end up getting put on tape and then just chewed up and spat out wow and re-recorded back into pro tools and chopped up and all kinds of stuff so i ended up with all this really incredible ambient material that sort of formed the background of this thing and there was something about it that was it was it wasn't really digital yet it was uh you know it just had a, a real tactileness yeah. to it um that's not a word but you know i'm saying I know what you, mean. you know um it was it just it had this really different feel to it i don't know it wasn't you know like a pad on a synth it was just it was an, an instantly evocative you yeah. know what i mean? Yeah. um so I did a lot like that. I mean, at one point I had, you know, literally we just have a Nagra tape machine sitting here and a, like a can of beer or something or a tin of beans with the tape running, loop running around oh, it. Yeah. And I would just use that as my, instead of using a sampler, I would like record a phrase onto that and then loop it and then play on top of it and everything. And a lot of that became the basis of that music.
2: That's nuts.
3: Um, so yeah, that was that was definitely one of my favourite projects of last year. That was really, yeah. really awesome to, to work on.
2: I, I love... The fact that you know you're not using traditional instruments, you're finding stuff like this. Together. I've
3: always loved stuff like that, even when I write for orchestra. Yeah, um, I've certainly done things that were purely orchestral. You know, another thing I did last year was write a violin concerto, right? Yeah.
2: Um,
3: but I mean, even there, there's an air eight siren in it. i you know, I always oh, there is. There's, there's something because, of course, there is because it's me, yes, I, I always get tempted to experiment and I always want to find something for a movie that that wasn't there before to mess with, you know. Yeah. It, it has been, I mean, funnily enough, Super Intelligence was actually pretty much pure orchestra and choir and that was actually fun and liberating in its own way because it was like, no, we're going to, to make this as old yeah. school as possible. We did very very little, you know, almost no click tracks. It was all live. And we wanted to do it like, you know, like a much more old school score. Mm. But for the most part, I love designing a whole world. You know, that I like the idea of building a world yeah. for a movie because that's what movie makers, directors yeah. are essentially doing. Um, so I, I I love for there to be a real sense of that in the sonic side of it too. Mm.
2: Yeah. No, I I love things like that. I'm just, yeah, you know as, as you know talk talked to Nate Barr quite a lot and the, right. just the stupid things that he
3: oh yeah ask. yeah we all go to these insane lengths yeah
2: yeah you know Nate and his bone trumpets and the the all. although he did make
3: me laugh he was like if you hire me now you're getting a fucking organ alright
1: <laughs>
3: I know <laughs> do you realise how much money this shit costs I, you're getting an organ yeah no, there's going to be organ in your school somewhere you me. might not know it but there's going to be organ in your school
2: yeah no no I said that to him but when, when he finished it I interviewed him just before he finished it before he'd actually mm. kind of started uh, and i was like you're good that's going to be in everything now and he's like maybe
3: <laughs> <laughs> well we we did a really fun project over there actually we right, we did yeah. uh, did you uh, i don't know if you, your research has led you to silent movies live but... um oh yes i saw you do that yeah yeah, yeah yeah so silent movies live was an incredible thing that you know i think will take on more of a life of its own as it goes on but um a few years back i studied with um dave newman and uh Uh, for conducting right yeah and his co-teacher in that course was a guy called Angel Velez who I'm now very good friends with him who started this thing called Silent Movies Live which was um, to raise money for education through Music L.A. And basically, you know, me and a handful of other composers, we went and re-scored some old silent movies. So I got to re-score, you know, that famous Odessa step sequence from Battleship Potemkin. Right, yeah, yeah. And, um, which, by the way, is fucking horrific. Have you seen that lately? No, no, I haven't seen it. Good a God, time. you remember it from film school, but, you know and you know something that got jammed down your throat at school so everybody was like oh god Eisenstein talked to me about montage yawn but as- aside from being you know pioneering and masterful and all the other stuff it is absolutely horrific to watch <laughs> especially if you take off you know, whatever tinkly, old-timey score they've happened to superimpose on it, because there wasn't a score recorded for it, because, of course, it was a silent movie. At yeah. the time, you would have either a piano player or, you know, an orchestra playing along with it, and it was it was commissioned by the Soviets, so they would put various different music up against it. There was, you know, Shostakovich is most famously associated with it, because they would use bits of the fifth for the, you know... Every, every time there was something dramatic happening, they used the beginning of the fifth. Right, yeah. And you know i can't remember what else they use but but if you take off even and not calling shostakovich old-timey music but but it's very closely associated with it so and it's it's very uh it's very melodramatic you know when you pair those two things together which is a real lesson in music and image creating being a sort of montage of itself because the two things have a greater effect than the sum of the parts yeah yeah Um, So, you know, if you put something incredibly dramatic against something that's melodramatically acted and is already sort of hand cranked, sped up footage and stuff it has the effect of looking slightly comical um, because it's so over the top. So when you take that music off and write completely modern score to it, something quite stripped down, holy crap, it's really quite harrowing. And and it was was really interesting because I didn't see people's reactions at the concerts because obviously I was conducting my backwards to the audience. But at the end of the piece, I'd turn around and people were bawling. And I was thinking, wow. Geez, of course. I mean, I, I sort of got that idea when I was writing it, but it, but because it was for a concert piece, I didn't really do any mock-ups. Mm. It was, you know, some piano sketches and all on paper. Yeah, yeah. So the first time I really, you know, so I got the impression that I was like, oh, this is going to be powerful, but I didn't get the idea that it was really going to, you know, bring people tears or yeah, yeah. disgust or whatever reaction they had, you know, but people reacted pretty strongly.
2: Yeah. There's one of those things I there when you find that out, it's like yes. <laughs> right, right, right.
3: Yeah. And then the other thing, you know, in that sphere that I did with the violin concerto um, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Sarah Chang, that was a whole new experience for me and mm. and pre Was pretty that incredible. just a
2: sort of Do you want to write a violin concerto? Yeah. Let's do
3: it. Well, it was pretty out of the blue. It was... um, So it was the American Youth Symphony. Mm. Again, an an organisation that I've followed for, for years and been to see for years and bringing it back to the same people um whose principal conductor for years was dave newman yes so dave newman actually dave newman's wife called me now whatever a year year ago or a year and a bit ago and said uh would you be interested in doing this you know we played sarah chang some up-and-coming composers and you know she loved your stuff and she'd really love you do it i was thinking how are we cr- how, how did this happen you know I had no idea basically and sarah chang's a superstar mm. um so I was just very honoured to be asked, and you know, I'm not going to say no to that. No, Just correct. you know, it, what a what a challenge! And it happened to be a summer where I had like a little bit of time between movies, and you know, <laughs> little did I know it was going to take me months, and, <laughs> and then flying to Philadelphia. <laughs> to workshop it with Sarah and then, you know, and then also a a very long process. But um, what was really interesting about it was that, you know, they literally said, you can write whatever you want. And it's been a while since I've been in that position. Yeah because you know usually there's a movie you've got sort of a, a brief mm. and there was nothing they were just like oh, i don't know write something for sarah you know what sarah's playing is like you know and she wanted i know all her only requirement was she wanted the third movement to be very flashy and technical because that's sort of what she's you know yeah. good at and, and known for yeah and you know let's have something really fiery and and full on something and, to show off and fun with, yeah. well j- just fun you yeah. know fun for the audience to sort of yeah. sink their teeth into and I said, OK, great. Other than that, you know, I suddenly went, oh, God, what do I write about? You know, because it, yes, it was like, yeah. well, I could just write the kind of music I want to hear. But that doesn't it, that isn't enough for me to sort of mm. to kick the whole thing off. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, I ended up writing about my grandmother who had recently passed away, who was a violinist and who had this incredible history. But, you know, we were incredibly close. She was really the one, besides maybe my dad, who started me off on the path to music when I was a very, very young kid in Prague. And she was born in the First World War, went through the Second World War, went through living behind the Iron Curtain, went through this very very long and complicated and, and really amazing history that you know would use up your entire hard drive That's if, I, if I told you but but basically it gave me something to write about yeah and the catalyst for the whole thing was um you know you have these conversations with your grandparents about the war or whatever and you know they you know they tend to repeat the same stories yeah. but towards the end of her life every now and again a story would come out that i hadn't heard before right yeah and it was really weird because i thought i'd heard all the stories but at this point you know she was like oh then there was the one time and she, I, I remember her telling me a story about bombs falling on London yeah. and her hearing the bombs off in the distance and coming close and how terrified she was. And she described the scene as a, as a baby, as a very, very young kid. It was one of her first memories. And for some reason, it took me literally years to twig that she actually meant, she didn't mean the blitz, she meant World War One. Right. Yes, of course. Um, and I hadn't, you know, I thought I knew my war history pretty well. I obviously knew World War Two history better mm. than I knew World War One because I didn't even realise London had been bombed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. World War One, and it turns out it was worse than the Blitz. It was right. horrific. These um, very primitive, you know, there were Zeppelin raids, and then these very primitive bombers were literally chucking bombs over the side and yeah. hitting anything. And yeah, so that's what I based the beginning of the piece on, hence the air a are. Right, yes, you makes know. sense now, yes. Um, but yeah, the beginning of the concerto is brutal. It comes from this incredible stillness and quiet, you know, sort of nighttime scene. See, again, I'm thinking of the whole thing as a, as a movie of um, imagining, you know, a little kid asleep somewhere. Right. And then literally just the whole orchestra just explodes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is, and and it was great watching the premiere, uh, the premiere people just jump out of their seats because it's so quiet at the beginning and so still and then just crash, you know, and then this nasty air-a-tire and sound and the whole orchestra full yeah. pelt doing this, you know, crazy wall of sound people just lost their shit <laughs> so that was fun yeah
2: yeah
3: and then we're, we're supposed to be recording it at some point oh cool yeah
2: Oh, well, i was gonna say is it is it being sort of- not yet
3: but i i read i'd i'd sort of gotten a message from sarah at some point and then i read somewhere she did an interview with stradivarius magazine or the strad or whatever it's called right saying that she went to record it and then i got a call about it recently so When we all get a break, I think we'll do that, yeah.
2: Awesome, awesome. So, in terms of other stuff at the moment, anything else you can talk about? I know there's a bunch of things you can't,
3: but... There's a bunch of things you can't, but I just did a show called The Outer Banks. Oh,
2: cool. Which
3: is a Netflix show, um, which is sort of a... How do I describe it? It's about a bunch of kids living in uh, South Carolina that uh, was the Outer Banks. one of the Carolinas it's, the Carolinas <laughs> showing my ignorance here uh, and there's a sort of a rich side of the island and a poor side of the island and right. you know in the holiday season the poor kids are basically waxing the rich kids boats and right. so there's yeah. there's opposing gangs and it's uh, you know again can't reveal too much about the plot but basically these yeah. opposing gangs are involved in um, somewhat of a treasure hunt chase it's a big adventure piece that's sounding a bit goonies it it definitely has some of that dna they're older kids they're sort of in their late teens but um yes uh uh and um yeah that was that was fun so i've got that's done i've got that coming out i did a show called council of dads
2: oh yes i'm aware of that one yeah
3: which is also actually a really beautiful piece of work Mm. and that's a very acoustic score with a you know string quartet and mostly just me playing guitar and piano and nice and uh really uh a really good show that i i I really hope they do well actually Mm. um that's coming out soon i think
2: yes i think it is um that that wasn't
3: that's not a pilot this year. It was a pilot. It was a yeah. It was last year. It was last year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a bunch of things that I I've just been working flat out. Mm. I'm probably forgetting something, but there's, you know, a bunch of things coming out that I already sort of have in the can that are that are done. And yeah, like I said, and then there's a couple of things I can't talk about that mm. are either happening or upcoming and to go and update your
2: IMDB with the with
3: I don't because I just they're gonna to get to it when they're gonna to get to it. And you know, I don't want to cause too much speculation when it's a project that people don't know much about and it's I get it, yeah. It'll, it'll be there when it gets there.
2: All right. So um, I, I should let you go back to work. Last couple of questions for you. Which, again, we always do the same ones. So uh, you've had these before, but let's see where they are now. Um, Firstly, what TV shows are you watching
3: at the moment? I'm not watching any.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't get time. What have I watched? What was the last thing you watched?
3: Shit. I watched a bunch of the movies because I'm an Academy member now. You know, they let me in. Mm. Really? Um, Yeah, God knows why they would let me in, but (laughs) they did. And so, you know, Parasite, 1917, right, and yeah. Ferrari, um, I mean, all, you know, tons of movies. And uh, I was really in awe of 1917. I thought it was an incredible film and Tom Newman just did. I love Tom Newman's sort of, I don't know whether it was conscious or not, but it, it felt like there was a nod in there to Vaughan Williams. Right. But um, or, or just like a general, a very English sounding score. Really? And that, just not just a story, because again, like those war stories that we grew you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. people of my generation grew up with because our grandparents and great-grandparents. Yes. But,
2: you're saying, but
3: you're that right. and the very English sort of feel to some of the orchestral music just really got straight to my heart. I thought that was incredible. Once um, that I watched, that I really, really liked. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so it was great. Um yeah, I mean well there's so many, so many good movies. Jojo Rabbit, so many Jojo Rabbit, so is great a phenomenal films. Film. Yeah, yeah, so much good stuff out there, man. Mm-hmm. It's really I mean, it's really actually pretty humbling to become a member of the Academy because you're now like with the elite. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. at the same time there's always new talent coming up. Yeah. Sort of the, the, some nonsense similar. similar. When when people like that sort of welcome you, it's 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 uh it's pretty awe inspiring. Um, and then it's all inspiring to be surrounded by, you know, some of those people mm. just blows you away. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible.
2: Yeah.
3: Really, really great.
2: Last question. Uh-huh. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, can't be what you've already worked on.
3: Does it have to be a TV show or a movie?
2: <clears throat> because it's you. Usually you say it has to be a TV
3: show, but because it's you. Because I'm you. really probably spending more time on yeah, movies. Yeah,
2: I, I will I will let you get away with the movie.
3: <laughs> it. It's you, you know why that's a difficult question? Because the movies that I've always loved, you can't imagine them being divorced from the score. No. You no. can't imagine Apocalypse now being divorced from The Doors. You can't imagine, you know, The Godfather being divorced yeah. from those themes. You can't imagine um, Taxi Driver being divorced from Bernard Herrmann. So it's really tough to sort of say, if there was a film like... Yeah. I mean, 1917 would be up there. Um, yeah. Big war epic. The big war movies that... I'm, I'm a huge war movie buff, which is funny because i'm also the big i'm a bit of a yeah. dichotomy like i'm i'm the biggest peace hippie you yeah. know peace and loving and hippie sort of, yeah. lefty of, of all time and yet i'm a huge martial arts fan huge ufc and boxing <laughs> fan um and i love war movies and yet we <laughs> just the, you know yeah. total hate violence hate you know and so, so weird. I don't know, i'm weird sue me um, yeah, Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line. Um, yeah, this this is more like movies you wish you could have done, but yeah. you know, because then I could say Star Wars. But what, are you talking more recent or just everything? no, 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 just at every, any time. Everything.
2: So yeah, if, so if if everybody's got, if anybody's got like a big epic one movie coming up that they need, just oh my for. god,
3: yeah, I would absolutely lo- love to do one of those and Hammond have had the opportunity yet. Um, I I do love. Again, not to pigeonhole things too much, but I love movies that are vast in scope and yet come yeah. from a simple idea. Yeah. So uh, The Matrix is a is a great example, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. It's a very, very singular idea. Very singular idea. Um, at least the first one was. Yes. On a grand scale. Saving Private Ryan, same thing. 1917, same thing, you know. But I do love a movie like Parasite, too, that's, you know, that, that's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And um, Heat is a huge one for me. Yes. And I also think, you know, Elliot Goldenthal is one of my favorite composers. And there's all sorts of music in that movie besides his, but there was something that that whole movie captured about Los Angeles. And there's years before I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I. I think I'd been to LA as a kid at that point, but yeah. I knew nothing about LA yeah, yeah, really yeah. in in real terms. Certainly not living here. But even then, you could see that the whole film was this weird, fucked up love letter to Los Angeles. Yeah. From the photography to the, you know the you know the locations and the score really captured that, especially that nighttime vista that they created you know it's like De Niro and yeah and uh Amy Brenneman on the balcony with the lights of you know Hollywood in the background I mean that stuff is just Mm. like that's the kind of thing I live for I think there's it's a movie that has obviously great storytelling and a very fundamentally simple idea at its core but then that combined with something that's spectacular visually that you know because when I write there's so many things that are are inspiring to me and that could be the lighting the the photography the costumes the sets you know, it takes a real master to bring all those, all those things together and I love working with people like that. I love, I love working with people who, you see it in musicians and you see it in directors and you see it in artists who are just, there are, there are lots of good Talented artists around. And then there's sort of a cut above that, this echelon of people who are, they're just so in charge of what they do. They're just yeah. so on their shit. Yeah. And that's incredibly exciting to be around. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Well, I'm going to let you go back to it. Cool, man. I mean, a real
3: pleasure. Yeah, likewise, likewise. I'm, I will and try and I'm, not leave it two, three years. And yeah. So, and that was, how many times have we spoken there? You said seven? That will be uh,
2: six, I think. I think wow. This is, the sixth my god Um, you're you're still because because nate was too busy this time you are still beating nate so by one by by one i think at the moment (laughs) you you were pulling level nice
3: that's amazing wow So well that that gives me some perspective on how long i've been at it yeah yeah, it was an absolute pleasure mate yeah lovely cool thanks for dropping out